Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lindsay Titus, and I am so beyond excited to bring to you another Share Your Story series with an amazing educator that I have been blessed to connect with over the last few months uh, through, again, the one and only Teach Better team. Uh, And so I'm so excited for you to hear her story and for us to dive in a little bit about all things uh, that this educator represents. So without further ado, Define You listeners, I'm so excited to introduce to you today Nilmini Pratwara Henstridge, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and ecstatic to work with you. Oh, I know. I cannot wait to dive in a little bit. I know we've kind of seen each other in in some of our um, you know ambassador hangouts and things like that. But I'm so excited to learn a little bit more about your story. That's really why I started this series. Is I think every educator has a story to tell. And when we know our story and we can own it and love it and trust it, man, it's like the powerhouse, right? It's like that tool that no one usually talks about. And we're going to talk about it here on here on the podcast. So uh, now, Minnie, before we, we dive into all of that story, can you just share with the listeners, you know, a little bit about, you know, who you are, where you're from, kind of what you do in education? Sounds good. So I was born in the little island of Sri Lanka. And we immigrated here because there was a civil war going on and we came to Canada and became Canadian citizens, Um, lived in Mississauga most of uh, my uh, student life and went to university in three different cities. Um, And then when I settled down, I moved to Brampton and I started working as a teacher in Peel 20 years ago. And I live in Brampton and work in Brampton currently. But um, what else can I say? That's my little story. Yeah. So teaching is my passion and I'm excited to be here to teach. And time has flown really fast. Um, Other than that, yeah, going with the day at a time, counting down for summer this year. It's been an interesting year with COVID-19. But I am looking forward to um, seeing how we as educators overcome all the challenges that we've gone through in our profession and we move forward. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's that's it, right? We keep moving forward. And I love that. Um, and I, I love that you, you know, we were talking before we hit record, you know, what a small world it truly is. So you, you live and work in Brampton. That's actually the city that I was born in. Um, and I just think that's crazy. Like it's one of those little, like just fun, fun things. And you know, I think it's it's just really cool to know that you immigrated to to Canada, you know, and really went through that process becoming a citizen. I had the I did the same in the States. Right. So I moved to New York and I took the citizenship. Um, I went through that whole process. So I just think that's a really cool part of our stories that we get to share and continue to evolve. Right. Um, as educators that we are. And, you know, I think when we think about 
you know, again, this past year and the growth, you know, I just love that that's really where you, you went is that it's just about growth and about learning and overcoming and really how resilient we have been. And, you know, so I'm just wondering kind of what would you say, you know, you know, I always often think the ability to be resilient is because we have a strong foundation. When we think about our foundation as an educator, it really comes to our mission, right? So when you think about, you know, being in the classroom, being with students, what would you say is like your mission as an educator? I would say my mission every single day is to find that little connection with every single student to get them to understand themselves so they are successful. While they're in my classroom and they learn about themselves and how they learn, and how they can function to be successful in school, because I totally believe school is an important aspect of finding success. It's not the only avenue, but it's one avenue that works. It worked for me. So I would say my mission is to make sure I can make those little connections, no matter how long it takes. So when they leave my classroom after a year, they know that little tool that they can take with them to achieve that success throughout this, their schooling career. Oh, so, so important. And so I'm just looking at kind of the notes page. And I love one of the things you identified and is, you know, you program with your student interests in mind, right? So can you talk a little bit about that? How do you get to know what your students are interested? in, right? Especially if you have a bigger class, you've got a lot, you know, going on, you know, are there any like simple ways that you find that you really learn about what your students are interested in? I would say my strategy, I have never really um, taught taught about it, but I think my way of working is I get to know them each day. So we have a morning circle, even when we're online learning, we have a circle in the morning where we get kind of gather, we talk. And as I get to know each student, no matter how big the group is or how many classes or how small the class is, you get to know one thing that you can connect with that you can bring into your programming. So that's where I start. And then by the time you get to term two, you can add that second thing in. Sometimes it takes longer to connect because you have to build that trusting relationship. Some student takes um, a long time to speak and get to know you and connect with you. But you give them the time just like you may need the time to connect with them genuinely and to build that relationship over the year. And uh, once you have that little niche and that relationship, you can bring that interest into your curriculum. May it be basketball, soccer, um, a world connection, music, whatever the case is, you bring that in and teach with that in mind so in that one little lesson you have that student and the students have know where that comes from and the buying is there oh my goodness I yes I mean it's so so I think I think as educators sometimes I'm even just gonna say humans we tend to overcomplicate things right we can make things so complex because that's 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 just what we're used to right we're used to kind of overcoming and, and challenges and things and I think sometimes we forget about the simple strategies right just talk right have conversations build those in. But I think, I think something else that I love what you really hit on is that there isn't necessarily like a scripted response, right? It's not do this to connect, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's do all of these things when you can with what you have and, and connection. I also love that you mentioned it's something that builds over time. You will connect faster 
to some of your kids first day of school. You're going to have those kids. You haven't even said a word yet. And they're going to be like, I love you. (laughs) Right? Like we've all had those kids and you're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Because they, again, most of the time, those kids have had really great experiences with school. They love school. They love learning. You're also going to have potentially some students that are like, I don't like you. I don't know who Mm -hmm. you are. I don't trust you, but they might not say those things, right? They might show it through behaviors, through outward behaviors. And so it is so important to realize you have an entire school year. There is still time, right? There is all this time that if it doesn't happen the first day of school or the first two weeks of school, doesn't mean we give up. We keep, we keep showing up. We keep trying because for some of our kids, it will take that whole year. And you might not actually know the impact you had until several years later. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, so I love that you brought that up because I think it's a great reminder. You know, I know you and I are still finishing school, but especially, you know, as people are getting ready to head back into school, you know, in the fall, um, August, September, it's really important to make sure our, our SEL, our connections, our relationships. I always say there's something we practice every single day. They're not, they're not something to do and then be done, right? They are continuing to grow because our students are always growing. So I just think I, I love that reminder. One of my favorite, you know, we talk about our story, right? It's, it's how did we get into education? You know, I think everybody's story is so unique. Um, I always say mine started in second grade when I did make that switch to uh, to New York and I felt so alone. I had no idea who, you know, I'm in this new state, this new school, everything. And it was my teacher that really made me feel comfortable and really showed me what a teacher could be. Um, but I love hearing about other people's, you know, what is it that inspired you to go to, into education? Um, you know, was it a person? Was it a thing? Just, I love, I love hearing, you know, so I would love for you to share a little bit about that. So I would say mine would be two different connections. When I was a child growing up, I went to a Buddhist private school in Sri Lanka, Museums College, and I will forever love my friendships from there because I went from kindergarten until grade 10 in school in Sri Lanka, and then we immigrated here. Um, So I had that transition piece where I remember so much about um, the culture and the heritage there. But I remember going into kindergarten. I have such a good memory of the first day there and what my experience was like. And it was such a positive experience about who I was. It was a conversation to get into the school. And I remember my parents being really nervous because we had to pass this conversation to get into the school and I did so well I was kind of so nervous as a kid but I was like I'm just gonna be myself we got to play with things we got to do stuff and get to know the uh, teachers and I remember coming home and ever since that day literally playing teacher my whole like primary years I had a blackboard I had um chalk I had all my dolls and uh, soft toys lined up and I played teacher that was my thing And I never really thought, okay, I'm going to be a teacher, but I think intuitively that was my calling and I knew it and I was going to do my really best work. And every single year when I met a really good teacher, I was like, okay, I'm going to make notes. I'm going to think about what works in this class that's successful. And if I experienced um, a not so great experience, I would think about, well, you know, why is this not working? What is going to um, change this experience for me and the teacher so that we can be successful? So I always had that in the back of my mind. And I think through play and through just interest and just wanting to do that, right? I've always wanted to be a teacher, but then my life changed. And I say it's two parts because it was kind of like this abrupt 
comfort zone happiness being taken away and now moving to a new country and starting all over again as a teenager knowing no one um didn't know anyone in my high school what I went to and where I came from I didn't know the climate the community everything was changed so I never really thought about okay do I need to be a teacher now but it came so fast because he went from grade 10 integrating in I had to make the decision by grade 12 to become a teacher and going to universities applying to programming things like that but it was so fascinating in grade 10 I was in English as a second language classes so I never really meshed in with my colleagues because all my cohort because um everybody knew each other and they were going to regular classes while I was getting pulled to ESL classes and regular classes but I had this one class in high school in grade 10 it was called parenting and for a project in my class we had a daycare next door and we had to go um teach a class and read a book and connect and make a connection. And I remember going, oh, that's so awesome, really. And I was like, um, I had, it was 15. I went and taught that one class and that one lesson. I had this display board and my games and my lessons. I don't even know where it came from. It kind of came naturally. And I had such a great day. Went home for the summer, had a great mark. And then I remember in September, I was six, I had turned 16 over the summer and um, they were looking for teachers to do replacing when teachers were going on uh, lunches or a way to replace staff. And they said, you did such a good job. Do you want to come interview for a position? I said, well, I'm in high school. I don't know anyone in my high school. So yes, I would come interview for a position. And I had the greatest interview and I got a job as a kindergarten ECE, early childhood educator, replacing teachers who were going away on lunches and leaves and doing it after school and before school. So that was my second gift, I think, knowing that I could get up early in the morning, I opened the daycare, I set up all the classrooms, I cleaned, I did everything. So the teachers were successful when they come in at from seven to 10. I had a first period spare and then I went into class all day and then I left school and at three o'clock I started my shift in the daycare, took over for all the teachers and taught and that gave me that excitement of oh my gosh I can really do this. I might not be qualified, I might not know exactly what I'm doing but the kids love me, I'm good at what I'm doing and now I had that connection to that to get me through making the new friendships in Canada and getting to know the culture and being exposed to what I had to know. So I had that gift of being exposed to teaching really early in Canada. I got to practice my language in English and um, really do the work. So by the time I had to apply for university, I already had teaching under my belt because I'd done it. I knew what to do. And it was just a matter of getting the certificate, getting the program and going through the process of university, which was so much easier than high school because you didn't have to make all those new friendships everybody was making the new friendships so that would be my two little 
gifts in um, my passion where, yes, I loved being a teacher and I played teacher, but somehow it came to me so easily and with the gift of having that job and the experience. So, you know, graduating university, I was like, no problem. I'm going to be a grade one teacher in Peel and live in Mississauga. It came so naturally. Uh, and isn't that, yeah. isn't that the best though? Like I, again, it's, it's like that perfect example that, you know, it's not meant to be complicated, right? I think mm. so often we expect things to be really difficult, right? Or like, can it really be that easy? Is it really that? Now it's not to say that you didn't work hard because you were, you were working at 16, right? As mm. a teacher, that's amazing. And, and I think it, it also opens up how important I think it is that we do experience what it is, you know, it always kind of now thinking back and always forwarded me and I, I even do it with my own daughter at home. I ask her kind of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Right. And, you know, I, I often think about like whatever she says, you know, I'm like, okay, then how do we start experiencing that? Right. And yeah, she's, she's seven. So it's not like working so much, but you know, as she gets older, really being able to try out, you know, these jobs and try out these experiences, because I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I was in school and I thought teaching was it for me. Like, I was like, this is what I want. I had done some coaching. I was a swim coach early on. Uh, I think I started coaching at like 12, like, again, like the babies, like just, you know, doing swim lessons. And I remember I went all through college loving it. I was like, I love this student teaching. I, I, I did love it. But then I had my classroom and I was like, I don't love this. I think I had loved the idea of being a teacher, but I didn't actually love teaching. So that first year I went through this like conflict of back and forth, like, oh my goodness. And, and I kept hearing from me, oh, the first year is really hard. Like it's supposed to be hard. It's okay. Like, you'll, and I was like, okay, it's supposed to be hard. So I'm just going to get through it. I'm going to do it. And, and I, and I did. Right. But by, by second year, I was like, no, this, it shouldn't be this hard. Right. Like, yes, you're going to have tough days. There's a lot in that goes into teaching. But I didn't have that like spark. I didn't have that thing. And I realized it's because I'm meant to be an educator, but I'm meant to be specialized in behavior. That's where my spark is. That's where, and when I got that first job as a behavior specialist, it was easy. Right? Again, not every day. Like it, there, trust me, there were moments, but it wasn't that that conflict of like, should I be here? Do I need to be here? This isn't this that that just feeling, right? And so I think I love that you got to have that, you know, opportunity to say. I'm willing, you know, I always think it's a great indicator. If you're willing to wake up early and stay late to do something, there's passion, right? (laughs) Absolutely. It just makes you not feel, it doesn't feel like work. It feels like you're having fun and it's your daily routine. And then, you know, you get paid for it. That's great. But that's not the motive or that's not the interest. You're just enjoying life because you have to enjoy every day. I think that's a really important part. You really do have to enjoy your job every day. Even though there's tough days Mm -hmm. and not so good days, you still have to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So I think, and I think you bring up a really good point, right? I mean, part of the word enjoy is joy, right? We've got to be able to find joy in all, you know? And I know a lot of people who are like, you know, you know, yeah, it's putting on the, the, you know, the, the, you know, rose colored glasses and you're, you're just seeing everything. And I'm like, it's actually not that it's, I've learned to see challenges as joyful because I know I'm going to learn and grow now, maybe in that moment. Yeah. I might not be experiencing it, but very soon after through the power of reflection, through the power of learning and thinking and talking it out, I think it's so important that we keep joy at the front, you know, at the forefront of, of who we are as educators. So 
I would love to know, like, what is it that, especially on those tougher days, what is it that brings you joy as an educator? Tougher days, joy. I would say um, my coping strategy would be to find personal happiness. So do things that make me happy and grow as a person. So I've been through two tough years, just like I'm sure every educator in their career faces. And when you face a tough year, you kind of find you, I don't know, for me, I had to go back inwards and say, what am I going to do to make this different for me? So I found my plan, a PLN, my professional learning network. Um, I love the Teach Better team. I got the connections that I needed that were meaningful and I built on them. I focused on the positive rather than the negative. So I kind of built that aspect. Thought about myself. What do I, what, what I want to do that I've never done before? Start a blog. Oh my God, I love writing. Yes, let's do a blog. Never done that, right? Try something new. See if that's a calling. See if that works. Um, what am I good at? Like, what topic am I going to work on? I'm like, what am I thinking? I love equity. I enjoy writing about it. I enjoy teaching about it. Inclusion practices, human rights, working with social justice. Those are things I knew I'm good at. Okay, work with something I'm good at and teach other people about it and learn along the way. So I would say going back to myself and rerouting my joy and finding my happiness as a human being and being human and saying, you know what, this is not have this is not a good year. It hasn't been a good year, but finding that joy within myself, mm -hmm. connecting to myself so I can then give back to my family and my friends. So working on my personal side helped me, I think, come back to my professional side when the professional side was having a difficult year, if that makes sense. Uh, it makes absolute sense. And I, you know, anybody listening, go back and re-listen to that response because holy moly, that needs to, no, many that needs to go on like a billboard. <laughs> <laughs> like I, you know, so I wrote down like, what am I going to do differently for me? And I love that you brought that up because again, I think so often we want other people to change, right? We want circumstances to change. And the fact is anything outside of ourselves, we can't control the change. We can be a part of it. I can, I can help and I can inspire and motivate and coach and guide. I can do all those things, but I cannot physically make it happen for somebody else. I can look inward and I can say, I'm a part of everything I'm a part of, right? I am one piece to, to the big puzzle of life. So what can I do differently? What am I willing to change? What am I willing to, you know, ask myself and go deeper? And I think that's, that's really where the work that when we talk about inner work, it is so essential. And, you know, the other piece, and I, I love that you brought it up is that trying something to expand your, you know, not even comfort zone, but just your expand your, your, who you are. Right. So often we want to say, you know, I don't know, I don't know what I like. I don't know what I, I like to do for fun. You know, I think sometimes that's, I always say that's one of the hardest questions I ever get is what do you do for fun? I'm like, well, I run a podcast. <laughs> like, it's all work, work related, but I do love it. But it's really been at the forefront lately. Like, what do I do outside of this office? Right. Like, what are some things I do? I love to take photos. I love to travel. I love to have random dance parties with my daughter. I love to go on ice cream dates. Like I do things for fun, but I had to really be purposeful and intentional about what do, what does that look like, right? And what, and it's kind of, I was thinking the same lines when you're saying like, what brings me happiness, right? In order to be able to answer that question, we've got to know, right? I keep a, I have a joy list in my phone. I have one in a journal. 
because on those days where you are kind of like down in the dumps, you're just like, oh my gosh, every, this isn't working. You now have a tool to go look at. Okay. What's something I can do other than sulk and complain and vent? (laughs) What can I do? That's going to serve me. That's going to get me excited about it and, and trust that it's okay. If it doesn't work out as you, as you intended, right. I've tried many things that I'm like, not for me. Right. And, and no, I love, again, I'm, I, I, like I said, people re-listen to that answer because so many snippets, you know, we both blog, right. For teach better. Yes. My blog is on mindset because that's what excites me, right? Like how do you think better during the day? That there's a reason that I write that series. And there's a reason you write one on equity because that's what excites us. I believe in everything you're saying and writing about and sharing. And I love learning about it. It's okay that I don't have that same, you know, desire to write about it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important, right? Like know that you can still be learning and sharing and it's a continuous process, right? Oh, so good. I know. And I love the idea of the joy list. I've never thought about it, but I do try to remember things that make me happy. I love doing vision boards. Like I have a vision board for my professional career. I have a vision board for my goals. Those are things that make me happy. And that's part of my joy list. And I like that um, she brought that up. Yeah, yeah. I love, I mean, find ways, you know, again, we, I, I am, you know, put it on paper. That's my, that's like my go-to tip, right? And it could be, it could be a vision board, right? It could be a picture. I have post-its surrounding my office, right? It could just be like writing something on a post-it. It could be making a list, right? Mm -hmm. There's no one way, right? I have, I have uh, whiteboards all around my office that have random ideas as they come to me, write them down because we're not meant to remember everything in the world yet. Sometimes I think we think that's how it should be. Right. And, you know, we take in, I think it's like 11 million bits of information or something on a subconscious level, but consciously we're only taking in about 50. So there is no way (laughs) that we will remember it all. So find the tool that works for you, whether it's a board with pictures, whether it's a list, whether it's both, right? I've got, like I said, I have different um, avenues for different things. Um, You know, I keep in my email. I have an email folder that's nice emails, (laughs) you know, and if it's a card or something tangible, I have a folder. So uh, again, on those days where I'm like, what am I even doing? Gosh, I'm just going to give up. You know, I have those days too, but I now know, wait, I have a tool that's going to help me through this moment. And I go read those, those words again. And I remind myself why I do what I do, that, that purpose, right? What is your why? What gets, like we said, what gets you up in the morning? What would get you up at 3 (laughs) a.m.? Right. And for me, speaking on mindset would get me up at 3 a.m. Right. Spending time with my family would get me up at 3 a.m. Training staff would get me up at 3 a.m. So find something that would get you up in the middle of the night and you wouldn't be like, I got to go back to that. Right. Finding that excitement. I agree. Finding that excitement is super important. I think it makes um, the joy come back and stay with your life. And that's important. Yes, absolutely. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, you've already shared so much advice (laughs) with us in this short amount of time. I am like blown away. I'm so excited to, again, for me to re-listen and and again, continue learning through that. Um, What is though, do you have like kind of that go-to advice? Like what is something if, if an educator came to you and said like, where do I even start? What do I do? Um, I feel lost. I feel stuck. Like what would be your advice to that, to that um, educator? I would say to any educator, educator, including myself, when I need that little sticky note reminder, I have to know myself really well. If you know you, 
you know your core belief, you know your philosophy, you know your frame of mind and your belief system going into teaching, you're okay, no matter what comes your way, because then you can go back to that and think, this is why I am saying what I'm saying, or I'm responding the way I'm responding, even though you may have that cheering scar behind, behind you saying, yay, good job. Or you may have the note, we're not, I don't agree with you. You still know where it comes from. And you have to know that background, like that um, educational philosophy that's completely changing every year that you teach. You add to that toolbox because you know more and you learn more. As it changes, you hold on to that core belief. That would be my advice. If you hold on to that, no matter what obstacle or what exciting opportunity, what recognition you get, you can always go back to that and say, I'm okay and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, and something I want to, you know, because you had mentioned earlier in when we were talking that, you know, it, it seemed like this kind of power of reflection and learning who you are is something that you've been doing for a long time. That is something, you know, even in, I think you mentioned like in kindergarten, you were saying like, you know, this is what I love about it and being able to remember that. Um, Do you think, is that something that, you know, you were influenced by your family or is that something that's kind of always been, or is that just been like a natural kind of organic part to, to who you are? That's an interesting question. And I don't really know if I know the exact answer. I would say it's a combination of everything. I think who I am is a part of who my family is and the excitement and the positivity and the encouragement that they gave me. But a part of you is also who you totally are, like it's nature. Um, and it comes out in different situations. You respond to people differently. You trust people faster or slower. Things like that, I think, comes naturally. So I think it's a combination of everything would be my answer. I yeah. don't know. I got to think about that one. Yeah. That's a good no. question. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I, because I, you know, I think I, it took me a long time to find out who I was, right? I was living in other people's shadows for a really long time. And I, I, I know now it's because I thought, I thought I had to find something outside of myself, right? I didn't have the ability to look in the mirror and really say like, who am I? What, what, you know, who is this person? And, you know, I think, you know, our families are huge pieces to the beliefs that we hold, right? Because they're, they're really our spheres of influence until we're old enough to kind of know, like, do I agree with that or don't I? And that was something I don't, I never really questioned, do I agree with this or not? It was that, that trust level. If it was someone I trusted, I believed it. I followed it. I did it. Right. And it got me like to where I was an adult. I was like, but I don't actually think that's true anymore. Right. Like I would, I would see things and I was like, I I don't agree with that anymore. So I think it's, you know, I love, I love what you said though, that it really always is a combination. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's not, it's never as easy as like, this is the answer. (laughs) Right. And I think sometimes we want that, right. We're like, just tell me, just tell me what to do. I know when I coach educators, like, but just but just what should I do? I'm like, I don't know. What do you think you should do? Right? Like, because it really is, I can't, if I just tell you what to do, you're going to do me and I want Mm. you to do you. So I love that you said it's a combination because it is you then are in control. How much are you bringing in from this, you know, from this sphere of influence? How much are you bringing in from this sphere of influence, but realizing you are your own sphere of influence and what you think matters so much. Absolutely. I love the way you describe that. So when I'm teaching, I think one thing that um, I think I teach differently in is by giving choices. So I always give choices. I don't say, okay, do this this way, because that's what I want to do. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, I'm doing this this way because this is what works for me as a teacher. You may find it easy. You may want to pick a different way to do it. However method you choose, as long as you're showing respect to the lesson and you're working within that boundary, once we get to the ending, if you're successful, we've achieved the goal. So it's not my way or your way. So I think with my family, um, what I can tell you is I have a huge, amazing, large, fabulous family that's all around the world. I would say I always looked at individual members and taken the most positive thing they have to offer to make the connection with them. And that's what I do with my students as well. So I think that's something definitely innately I learned from my family that I bring in because no matter how far away we are, I always connect with every single person, even though if they're going through a hard time or not a hard time or they're having the greatest moment of their life, I try to connect with them and relate to them. And that's what I learned from my family that I bring in because I have such a diverse group of family members from every culture around the world that helps me um, kind of understand how people are different sometimes. And it's okay to be different. Mm -hmm. We don't always have to find commonalities. I think we need to respect that we're different Mm -hmm. and that difference is what connects us to make us human beings that live together in the world in peace, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Oh, absolutely. And it's like you're reading my mind today. Holy moly. Um, I had a, before this, I had a, uh, I run a a monthly mentorship group, Creative Connections, and we literally talked on the same topic, how it's not necessarily what we have in common that helps us connect. But it's actually those differences that strengthen our connections because differences mean I have something to share and you have, you get to learn something. And also you get to share and I get to learn something. And for me, learning, that's where growth comes from, right? Is learning something new. And so if I'm constantly just around people that have the exact same beliefs, say yes to everything I do, they're not growing and I'm not growing. But if I'm, oh, we differ. Let's have a conversation about that. And let's see each other and mutually respect one another's, you know, opinions and ideas. Well, I'm going to grow. Doesn't mean I have to change my thought. I might, I might see something through a new light. And I know for me, that's happened a lot over this last, this last year, especially when we come to things like equity and inclusion and, you know, acceptance of all. Like, yes, I had to throw out my, you know, things that I believe and I'm open to new ideas, but that doesn't have to be for everything. Right. And so but I think it's still important to hear. And so, yes, that absolutely, I love what you said about that because I think that does make all the difference. Um, speaking of equity and inclusion, I know that is your new series coming out. I right? am so excited. It's yes. been coming out this week. I don't know exactly which date I have to look it up, but I am super excited about it. Um, it is a blog series coming out with Teach Better. So I think it's a perfect opportunity to reflect, learn, and learn together as lifelong learners and educators. Oh, I love it so much. Yes. And I will, um, I will link the blog site um, in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. And um, yes, so many, if you have not checked out the Teach Better blog blogs yet, there's tons of series blogs coming out almost daily. So (laughs) go to yourself a favor and make sure you check out um, no minis coming out. Um, Probably right around the same, you know, time that this episode comes out. So make sure you go and check that out. Um, you know, you know, Minnie, I want to make sure that educators continue to connect with you, learn with you, learn alongside you. Um, where is the best place for them to connect with you? 
anywhere. I'm pretty open to social media. So if you follow me on Twitter, message me, connect with me, talk to me. If you follow me on Instagram, do so. If you're on the Teach Better team, I think my Facebook account is a little bit more private, but the Teach Better team is on there. So connect with me any way you want. I'm pretty open-minded. I love, I am pretty social. I am um, open to learning and uh, meeting new people and getting to know what you have to teach us, teach me, and what we have to teach each other. So um, yeah, connect social media, I would say. Absolutely. Love it. And I will make sure again, all that information will be in the show notes. So just check that out and make sure you go connect because again, that is really how we continue growing, right? Which is really what you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy kind of backwards kind of thinking, but in order to define who you are, you've got to get to know other people, right? So you've got to be open to that piece and, you know, not replicating who somebody else is, but certainly seeing other things, questioning who the only way that we're going to figure out what do I believe is by hearing what other people believe. And so do yourself a favor, get connected. You know, Nomini mentioned it earlier, how growing for PLN was so important I've mentioned it in several episodes because it is truly what made a difference for me over the last year and a half. So get on out there, keep connecting. Um, and uh, no many, thank you so much for being here today. Lindsay, thank you so much for making this experience such a fun, awesome experience. My first podcast ever. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, it's been a great conversation and I look forward to working with you more in the near future. Oh, me too. And you would have never known. I mean, you blew this out of the water. Amazing for your first podcast. So excited that um, you got to share your story. Thank you so much. And uh, yes, we will definitely be connecting very soon, um, you know, as, as we keep on going here. So thank you again, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Um, remember, do us a favor, go rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share this out, you know, tag us in it so we can celebrate alongside of you and let us know what resonated. Let us know what you took away from this episode. We would love to know. And uh, stay tuned for another brand new episode coming your way next week. Until then, keep on loving who you are, trusting who you are, owning who you are. Those will help you define who you are. And I will see you guys next week. See you later.